uh, are you in the Connecticut? I am in the Connecticut. <laughs> nice. Can you hear us okay? <laughs> yeah, Carrie clear as a bell. Oh, great. Um, thanks for uh, for taking the time. I guess we'll just go ahead and, and just get started. I know Joe has a hard stop at uh, 5.45, so we're just going to have to break your heart and stop in 45 oh, minutes. Oh, no. I know. I know you were hoping for like a three-hour like double live album worth of uh, podcasting. but I, I was hoping we were going to film Gandhi. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be the killing fields of podcasts. <laughs> that's, that's, that's how it feels every week, frankly. <laughs> so, uh, hey, so welcome, welcome back, and thank you so much for you know taking the time. Uh, and I know that you've been pretty busy for uh, you know a good while since, and I guess it's been about a year and a half since we talked, or something like that. So, yeah, uh, you know now. Uh, it's interesting to check in with with you because you know uh, we want to see like has it gone to his head? Is <laughs> totally. You know, <laughs> is he still the same kind of? It, it, it's bitches and bling all the way. <laughs> well, uh, well, so I guess we're done then. That's great. <laughs> uh, no, but it's it's uh, so you know for the, for those who who didn't hear the previous episode that we did with with you, um, you know we talked obviously about uh, your book, which is the sort of uh, you know considered e- easily the 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 most definitive uh, Bruce Lee doc or uh, autobiography uh, book ever ever written, and uh, and then so now what we really want to get into uh, now that we've sort of let you bask in the glory of your book for a while um, is, uh, you know, one thing leads to another, right? So uh, I'm very interested to hear from you, like what's been going on. uh, And then we can get into, you know, uh, some of your, your recent, uh, you know, roles uh, with respect to, to some uh, film and some film credits and, and, uh, and all that. But anyway, how's it going and, and, and what's happening? Uh, it's been going well. Uh, the Bruce Lee thing sort of never dies, which is amazing. He's he's such an icon. And so most recently, uh, the ESPN uh, optioned my book and they'd done a documentary uh, about Bruce Lee. It just got into Sundance. So it's been very well received, which is super exciting. And later in the year, it'll play on the ESPN channel. So that's sort of the, the big news of the moment. That's unbelievable. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, nobody came to us, uh, to license any, uh, you know, of, of your confessions on the podcast yeah. or anything. So, uh, so I imagine it went, it went pretty well and you were able to take care of it yourself. That, you know, they, they said, should we loop in Joe and Brian? And I was like, yeah, oh, those guys are so goofy. Um, <laughs> Um, no, it was it 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 went well. Um, it's it's the first book of mine that's ever been uh, adapted into another medium, and so I've been waiting a long time to have that happen. And it you know it was exciting. It's exciting that it finally did, um, and uh, they did a solid job with it. Um, so overall, I'm happy. That sounds great, man. I can't imagine like if if you wrote a you know writing a book about a, a, a an athletic figure i mean obviously bruce is also a, a movie star and an action star and all these other you know one of the reasons his legend never dies is because it does touch so many different you know nerves of the culture but it's it's you know it, it seems really exciting to have espn take on a project like that because they do such a great job with those sports biographies and uh, i can only imagine that it was an exciting prospect to have them calling you up on the phone and saying, Hey, we want to, you know, put your book on film. 
Yeah, it was huge. It was uh, they they're they're they do quality productions. They've got the system down um, and they've done everybody in the athletic world. So to have them take on Bruce Lee, who's a kind of crossover figure as an athlete, but also as a, as you mentioned, a, a actor and celebrity, um, I thought it'd be a great combination. And and the director uh, director Bao is Vietnamese American, so he was really able to uh, focus a lot on the Asian American experience and tell that part of Bruce's story in a way that uh, I think is quite unique. That sounds cool. You know, I really one of the things about your book, Brian and I were just sort of uh, touching base about this uh, while we were, you know, waiting to get this Skype going. But I feel like, you know, the book is so thorough and so definitive in terms of, you know, uh, touching on all these periods of his life and all the details in those periods of his life and really uncovering lots of stuff about Bruce that, you know, people might not have known about his background or about his time in Hollywood or, you know, you know, various things, you know, about his life that, that it really took a book like years to sort of uh, bring to light in terms of the, the translating your book to film uh, w- w- like what kind of things are people going to see in this documentary that they might not have seen in other Bruce Lee documentaries? I think the best thing they did is they managed to get everybody on board. And uh, if you don't know anything about Bruce Lee world, it's it's quite contentious. Um, <laughs> over four, over 40 years, the resentments have uh, built over time. Um, so they managed to talk to Linda Lee, his widow, Shannon Lee, his wife, but also Robert Lee, his brother. Um, so uh, the thing I admire most is that they were able to get sort of uh, every cross section of people who knew Bruce Lee who are still alive on camera. And I think, you know, this is probably the last time that'll be possible because of course people are aging out. Sure. Um, so, uh, so I think that that's what, uh, people will notice most about it is that it's a very detailed, like my book, very detailed and thorough and goes through his life. Uh, even though it's only two hours long, uh, really packs in, uh, from beginning to end. So, so when, when all this came about, uh, maybe, uh, I, I feel like a lot of other, okay, I'm, I'm not a, a published author, but it seems to me like the, that this is sort of in the same way that like a, uh, I don't know, a songwriter is just trying to get a cut or a band's trying to get a record deal. It seems like for being an author, I mean, obviously the book is, is the thing, but these, uh, sort of, uh, it becomes sort of causal to this other sort of uh, larger, um, you know, through this translation right now, there's this, uh, you know, new, broader sort of uh, prism put on the whole, the whole effort that you've spent, you know, what, eight, 10 years on or whatever. So I guess I'm just wondering, like, is this something for you where you're like, hell yes, like, I, <laughs> this is, it's about time this happened. This is the best, <laughs> you know, like, this is all I've been trying to do is just get something like this to happen. Like, is it, you know, uh, without getting into sort of, you know, windfall or, you know, credits sure. or, you know, any of that kind of stuff, that's not really so important as much as just like, uh, is, is this, does it give you a feeling of like, wow, this thing actually carried through and connected and then now has this sort of uh, deeper perhaps value because it is now this kind of a referential sort of the source material and who, who knows what else could come after this. But for that to happen in such a, a principle uh, sort of, uh, you know, with, with, with the Kings, right. ESPN or, you know uh, I guess I'm just curious for you, like if you feel like, wow, this is me effectively hitting it out of the park or just sort of like a, I expected some of this or, you know, <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah. You know, um, <laughs> I, the way I've always 
try to describe it to people is it's sort of like jumping through hoops of fire. Uh, you know, you, if you're starting off as a writer and no one knows you, and then you try to get an agent, that's the first hoop. And then you try to get it, somebody who likes your book and publish it. And that's the second hoop. And then you try to get it to go out into the world in another medium as a documentary or a TV series or a movie. Um, because there are, there are hundreds of thousands of books published every year. Uh, and so we're all fighting for people's limited amount of time. And so if it can get into another medium, that gives you a whole nother audience that wouldn't have found out about your book or learned about the subject. And so it is a kind of great feeling that you, because when I was working on the book, there were several times where I wasn't sure it would ever get published. Um, and so to go from that kind of level of despair and doubt to <laughs> having it come out. Um, yeah, that's obviously a great feeling. Wow. Um, so, okay. So you're kind of the same, but you're a little different. Uh, <laughs> no, but, uh, no, a little but, swagger. Uh, <laughs> I got swagger my walk. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know, so, uh, and then in terms of like the process, uh, without, I mean, obviously there's confidentiality and, and, you know, uh, you know, I don't, I'm not trying to pry into your, your business life, but I do find it really interesting to sort of go, okay, how does this happen? Is it something where you just kind of get blindsided by a call? Is this something where, uh, you know, your, your, you know, sort of agent, uh, agency is kind of, uh, on the sort of war path to sort of find the right people to get this to, or is it some combination of both? Um, you know, they, it depends on the project. <clears throat> Oftentimes agencies that have books they think will work in another medium will send it out to people in Hollywood. Um, and then sometimes you're sort of at the right moment, right time. And so the ESPN team had been working on Bruce Lee as a documentary for a long time, but hadn't find, found the right property to attach it to. Ah. Um, so they already had some, uh, research and expertise in the subject, which is why I chose them. There were two or three other offers, um, but ESPN had the strongest offer and their team was the most uh, knowledgeable about the subject. And so it was, it, it was one of those things where there was like, ah, and these people want to do it, but they don't have any money <laughs> and these people want to do it. And, but they're with a channel you've never heard of. And then ESPN wants to do it. And I was like, well, I, I think we're going with ESPN. So, uh, that's that's kind of how it broke down in this one. But uh, I've had other projects optioned and sometimes you're sort of you're going around, you know, here, read my book um, to various producers and sometimes they come to you. It just it differs each time. Yeah, I guess I'm also wondering, too, like, you know, when you when you sort of break the seal with their team and start to sort of uncover uh, I'm sure you were certainly glad to see that, that they had done some work and that it was good work. Um, but do you have some, maybe I'm trying to imagine being in that position. Uh, and as, as, as much as there's this kind of, uh, sanctity around the sort of subject and what you've been sort of, uh, you know, entrusted with, right. By a lot of different people, then you're sort of this, you know, kind of potentially, a. a it seems like there would be some risk, I think, when this translation or, or uh, expansion of the medium gets done, uh, how how apprehensive or nervous were you about sort of, the, you know, you being sort of the arbiter of this information and the accuracy and, and the and the, the right sort of messaging and, and notes that you want them to sort of hit or not hit? And then, uh, you know, because nobody wants to sort of come into a situation like that and be like, oh, well, I'm just... I'm the hired naysayer to say that you're just doing it wrong. Right. Like, you know, like, and now you've got to undo a bunch of stuff. Like, I guess I'm just curious, especially since they had already sort 
of started at least kind of crawling with it. Uh, if you had any apprehension or concerns around, uh, you know, sort of being in that, you're in a very unique position. It's not like, well, he, you know, he's the authority on the, this plant species or something. It's like, this is a, a life and a legacy and a lot of people. And like you said, this is a sort of a, uh, a moment in time that's very rarefied where a lot of people are still here uh, to be able to speak to it. Uh, it seems like it's made of a particular weight. So I guess I'm just curious about your experience walking into it. Yeah, there's always um, a, uh, a a fear that they're, you know, it's like Dune. They turn it into the movie and it's terrible. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> we've all we, we've all had seen beloved books get turned into things that are unwatchable. You had to go right uh, to Dune, didn't you? That's right. I went I went to my baby. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, so you're all your your biggest fear is they'll do something that embarrasses you. Um and that you're, you're sort of like, I, I don't know who those guys are. <laughs> what do you mean? That's not on my book. Um, but, uh, I, I found over the years that the, the approach that you sort of have to take is a kind of leap of faith. Um, and so when I met with their team, what I said was, I'm, this is now your project. I've written my book. Uh, you have it, you know what it is. And I will help you any way you want me to or step back as much as you want, because if you don't take ownership of it, you won't have that kind of creative energy. And so, um, you know, I helped with the uh, kind of Rolodex, who to talk to. I gave them contact names. I vouched for them for getting interviews. Um, but I wasn't involved in the creative process itself because the director really wanted to take that on. And so uh, so I was, you know, I was like almost any other audience member when I when I got to see it, just sort of like, oh, I hope they did a good job. So um, um uh, I know some sometimes in different projects, the uh, the original source author can be more involved. Um, but I think that's kind of it's like having your parents look over your shoulder when you're on a date. Like it doesn't do you. It doesn't it doesn't do the person who's adapting it any favors. You kind of have to let them run with it. And, you know, sometimes they fall and it doesn't work and sometimes they succeed. So. Right on. How long now? This is a your book is a is a tome. I mean, it's a volume that that you know bears space on a shelf. So, how long is the documentary? So the documentary is a movie length, so it's two hours. Okay, yeah, um, that's good. I was going to say. I mean, I, to me, you're, there's no way that they're going to do a do service to what you did with that book without it being at least two hours long. So that's good to know. Agreed. Yeah, if it was like a one hour, like a fifty minute one hour ESPN. Right thing that would just i don't know how be, they could possibly do it <laughs> no no they would have to like skip his birth and like up to 18 <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, but uh but yes uh and that's the other thing too which is um you have to be a little bit humble which is i know how to write a book i don't know how to make a documentary work um and their difficulty is they have to figure out how to squeeze all of the amazing things that bruce lee did in his life into two hours and even that requires a lot of choices. We're not going to do this part. We're going to do this. Um, and that, you know, that very much kind of shapes what's your impression of who Bruce Lee was. So, you know, ideally somebody will come along and do like a, a full Netflix season or something and they can get every, every single detail. But I think two hours gives you a good, good sense of who he was as a man. And so, but definitely there are things that they left out that I was like, ah, I'd have put that in there. But, you know, that's, that's what we all do when we watch something we know really well. Sure. Oh, quick question. Uh, did you get any, are you on the screen at all? 
Uh, no, actually, they they only wanted to do people who knew Bruce Lee. Oh, okay. So, and you were like, that is no problem. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this white boy will take a step back and let you guys run with it. Yeah, I, I love the fact that like, you know, cameras make you a little uh, anxious, but at the same time, you're you're constantly uh, on camera doing like all your book tours and all your speaking and, and all the things. And then you've also uh, been in a fist fight in your underwear in public. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm shy about Skype. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'm a shy killer. No, uh, <laughs> I haven't forgotten yeah, that they, jab, uh, Matthew. <laughs> it's huh. an odd thing that they require of book authors is to be so introverted you're able to be alone in a room for five years to write it and then suddenly you have to go out and glad hand everyone so right, it's yeah. a it's a weird combination yeah that's a that's a unique cocktail of drugs you got to like get off and then on another set <laughs> that's true. That's uh, right. so uh and then you know i i can't help but well i want to pry a little bit but i sure. you know it's like um I feel like that the way that that documentary or the way that that story could be told now, if if, if it's an adequate and uh, genuine synthesis, also, I think, of, of your book, I think there's a lot of um, underpinnings of importance that can be sort of really pronounced now that couldn't have been done maybe even 10 years ago in terms of just the the through line of Bruce Lee's, uh, you know, sort of his his ancestry and uh you know the the sort of the 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 oddball nature of sort of you know him sort of culturally ping-ponging right like where he's like he he languishes in LA for years but the, you know like he's always misunderstood yeah. never really you know um you know I've even said this before but uh, you know I, I'm not saying I understand Bruce Lee but I know that when I lived in New York City people were like you're not from here and, when I, and you <laughs> know right. raised in the south and people are like you're not from here you know That's right. so, uh so you know in the I, I, you know, for him to have this kind of uh, short life, but still have these long periods of, uh, you know, transition or trying to make things happen that weren't happening, you know, uh, but ultimately just the, the, the sort of Eurasian identity uh, mm -hmm. sort of issue. I hope that they were able to sort of pull that apart in a way um, that maybe hadn't been illuminated before. Yeah, I think they did a strong job. That's probably the strongest thing uh, that uh, director Bao did was to focus on what it meant to be an Asian actor in that time period and the sort of racism that he faced and the cultural stereotypes and and draw into what it was like to be the other and not fit in. Um, and so I think that I think in a lot of ways, that's why Sundance picked it up, because it talks about something that's a hot topic now, which is representation and particularly the Asian American experience in, in cinema and film and media, um, because they are one of the most underrepresented groups. Um, and so I think, you know, Bruce Lee is a kind of Asian American, the kind of Jackie Robinson of Asian actors is part of his story. And I think that that part, they really um, hit the note on strongly and that's useful and also quite relevant to this period of time. Yeah. And I think, you know, like we've, we've been, you know, sort of alluding to this through this whole conversation, but I think it's also one of those aspects and, you know, your book is, is this way as well, but it's like illuminating that part of his story to me is like one of those things that's, that's sort of been lost in translation, so to speak, you know, since his death, like it's one of those things where people just, 
everybody has a misapprehension of this rather complex background that Bruce had and, and how that affected his experience. And like Brian and I were talking about this, you know, before that, you know, he, you know, by the time he comes to America, he's having a very genuine fish out of water immigrant experience, but he also came from, you know, a relatively well-to-do family in Hong Kong. So he understood what it was like to be in a privileged position in society as well. You know, so this guy has so many wrinkles and nuances to, to the, different sort of lives he led. And I, I really feel like your book, and it sounds like, you know, if, if that's part of what translated to this documentary, like that's part of sort of the, this renaissance about finding out more about who Bruce really was in the long run. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And it's, you know, I've had some other friends have the experience where they were wealthy in their home country, but it was a poor home country. And so they come to America and suddenly they're nobodies. And so it's almost a bigger shock than if you were a nobody in your home country and you come here to be a nobody. And then so... I think that's one of the things that made Bruce Lee such a, a complex character is he came over with this kind of arrogance, but also a chip on his shoulder. Like you guys don't think I'm special. I'm special. Um, and, and that's what drove him to kind of prove he was special, even when the doubter said he couldn't do it. So, yeah, I think that's right. I think it's uh, Bruce Lee was, you know, he was American born, Eurasian, raised in Hong Kong, a colonial city coming back back to America as an 18 year old, a country he never knew, but he's an American citizen. So he's like, he's everything in one. And so in a weird way, he, he's this great sort of immigrant story experience, but also, you know, the vast variety of what it is to be an American. So, well, yeah. And also I think it's interesting too, like how, how the, um, when you, when you consider his um, ancestry and the history with respect to you know West Coast and the the mining and the Chinese exclusion laws and all that all of that uh, stuff I guess was that his great grandfather or yeah 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 great, great. yeah and, and you know I, I find that to be really interesting that really what he went through was just sort of a, a, a an echo or a continuum of <laughs> what, what is you know directly tied to to his his heritage or his family you know uh you know the world the world changed but a lot of these ideas sort of hadn't really yet so uh, anyway i find that really interesting but you know ultimately what i want to sort of drill into with you and i'm not gonna sort of uh let you get away uh on this um mm. is uh not that you're being uh Difficult. Uh, <laughs> uh, Am like, I running for political office? <laughs> I just, I just like to. I'm just trying to add some angularity to the to our podcast and make it feel like it's you know it's anything could pop off like at any second you know, what I mean? uh, you know like holy shit did you hear the pot like they right. they yeah. got into it this informative uh, amiable <laughs> podcast just isn't drawing enough clicks and listeners yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll come up with something clickbaity right. for this yeah, but yeah. Uh, controversy. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but I guess, uh, you know, how comfortable in your process have you become at, I, cause here's the thing. I'm always, uh, I'm very self-oriented clearly. Right. But, uh, <laughs> I, no, I just, I, if I'm in your position, I'm really, um, nervous or apprehensive or just concerned about being approaching this sort of, uh, status, uh, of, you know, well-founded of course. Right. But, uh, you know, being this kind of perceived public uh, arbiter of all of the information with respect to this, you know, uh, figure, you know, that is bigger than anything that can be explained. So uh, do you have any 
have you had to wrestle with yourself about sort of what it is to be in that position? Or do you just sort of take it with like a, you know, if people either get it, like I wrote a book or, you know, like I'm not like the guy, uh, but you are the guy. So how do you reconcile that? Um, that's a great question. It's, it's, it was weird to have some moment where I'm like, I, I guess, I guess I am the Bruce Lee expert. Like it's a, it's an, uh, it's, uh, the world's Bruce Lee expert. That's not something you set out to be. Um, and so, uh, it, so I, I guess I try to like, you know, stay humble enough to be contained into what I do know and what I don't. For example, people often will kind of want you to speculate on would Bruce Lee do this hypotheticals. Yeah. And you're like, I have no idea what Bruce Lee would do. I mean, I, <laughs> I think he might've done this, but you know, somebody was asking me like, I think Bruce Lee would have been into politics. And I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> like, he died. What do we know? Um, so I can tell you what the evidence is and what I research, but I can't tell you that thing. And so I think there's a danger of, um, uh, you going from being an expert to going to be like, I'm the Bruce Lee seance guy. Um, <laughs> it's a fine line between the expert interview and the seance leader. <laughs> yeah, I'm, not, I'm not as psychic. Right. So, um, so that's, that's the seance thing. And also, um, you know, people, uh, you also have to accept that, uh, even though you, you're, you know, over a period of time, you've accumulated all this knowledge, you still have your own personal take on it because, what's important, what I see is involved with who I am. And so you have to allow other people to have their version of Bruce Lee. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think that often happens where, you know, somebody will do something and I'm like, yeah, that's not how I see him, but I can see how you take that away because it, he, Bruce Lee is such a multifaceted character. He touches different people's buttons. So not being Asian American, I get where that's coming from, but that wasn't the primary thing that drew my interest in him. Right. And so that's why when the director was Vietnamese American, I thought that would be a great thing because he would bring that kind of intensity mm-hmm. that, you know, as a white author, you wouldn't. And so, right. and, but you know, friends of mine who were African American, like the kind of hip hop nature of Bruce Lee and those Kung Fu movies of that era, they grew up on. And so that's the way they react to him. So he touches different people in different ways. And that's, I think the most important thing is that we all get to have our own version of Bruce Lee. Mm-hmm. Um, However, some people are just factually wrong. And that, that's my job <laughs> when, they're, when they're doing something like, let's say, Quentin Tarantino. And you're like, that's just not actually correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's where you end up sort of weirdly st- standing up and becoming part of the cultural conversation. Mm-hmm. That's what I was actually going to steer you back to that. You know, now that you went down this uh, this thread and, you, of course, you got there before I got I was able to bring it up. But just we don't want to spend a whole lot of time on that. But I do feel like that controversy about the way Bruce Lee was portrayed in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. When that movie came out, for listeners who don't know, Matthew was all over social media, all over the TV, all over all the all the places uh, where these things might be discussed in the mixed martial arts world, in the entertainment world. Um, and you were, that's really when I became aware of the fact that, oh, Matthew Polly's like the Bruce Lee guy now, because you were appearing everywhere talking about exactly what you're saying about the, the way that Bruce Lee was portrayed. Uh, I feel like it's worth talking just for a second about it because the film has now obviously gone on to get all these Academy Award nominations. So it's clearly a film that's remained relevant since its release. Just really quick. Why don't you just tell us just a second about um, what 
you know, why, why you feel like that was just simply factually wrong and why that was, you know, not the way Bruce Lee should, should have been represented. Yeah. So uh, first I love Quentin Tarantino and I think the movie is excellent except for its portrayal of Bruce Lee. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it was one of those things where I'm in the movie and I'm watching, I'm like, this is genius. I love Tarantino and the scene comes up and I'm like, Oh no. Oh no. It's like when you see your buddy hitting on a girl and he just blows it. You're like, oh, no, man. It reminds me of uh, like that, that scene in the Curb Your Enthusiasm where Larry David has a pass from his wife to sleep with another woman. And he finally gets the actress in his, her quarters to starts making out with her. And then she has an eight by ten of George Bush. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, like this is he's been dreaming of this moment for 10 years. And then <laughs> one eight by ten of George Bush. He can't do it. He just can't do it. Well, anyway, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly how it felt. Um, so at any rate, um, I think what, so in the scene that's the most objectionable, he has Bruce Lee on the set of the Green Hornet talking this kind of braggartly way about how badass he is and basically saying he could beat up Muhammad Ali. And then Brad Pitt's character, who's the lowly stuntman on set, uh-huh. objects on behalf of Muhammad Ali, <laughs> takes offense to that. Um, so first off, you've got like an Asian guy insulting a black guy and a white guy coming to the black guy's defense. So it's all mixed up. (laughs) All right. Uh, and then, uh, they end up getting into a challenge match that Bruce Lee basically provokes. And then Brad Pitt's character, of course, somehow manages to like stomp, uh, the greatest Asian martial artist to ever live in the scene. Uh, and apparently it was going to go on even further. Like there was several more stompings that would occur, but Brad Pitt behind the scenes was like, you know, Tarrant Quentin, you can't do this. It's Bruce Lee. <laughs> so even on set, like, uh, people recognized that this was problematic. Uh-huh. So, you know, the factual issues are one, Bruce Lee worshiped Muhammad Ali and never said he could beat him up. In fact, when he was asked about it, he said, to the effect his hands his fists are bigger than my skull how would i be <laughs> right how would i beat this guy in a fight bruce lee was like tiny compared to ollie secondly uh one of the things that really bothered me was that bruce as a person was really solicitous towards the lower people on a movie set or a tv set particularly the stuntmen he loved the stunt guys he always looked out for them he never had any problem with stunt guys the people he didn't like were the higher ups, the directors and the producers, because they were trying to tell him what to do. So he fought with those guys, but he was always kind to the stuntmen. So I, I found that kind of like obnoxious. Yeah. And then in, it, in the scene, he's somewhat of a bully, basically, is what it comes down to. That's and a braggart and mm. then a bullhard because he can't back it. <laughs> right. Yeah. All the bees. <laughs> right. And so, and then that's the final thing, which is, you know, Tarantino is a fictional movie. He can do whatever he wants, but he's dealing with actual historical figures. And if you watched any 60s stuntmen doing stuff, the idea that one of them would just step up and knock the tar out of Bruce Lee is sort of silly. <laughs> like they, they basically had one haymaker um, in their repertoire. So, um, so it was... It was it was demeaning and insulting, and he made Bruce Lee a kind of figure of ridicule. And he didn't do that to any of the other historical figures who happened to be white in in the movie. And so I felt like you know singling out Bruce Lee for ridicule that was that was the thing that kind of bothered me the most. If if he had been doing a satire of all of those people of that period, then 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 Bruce Lee's fair game. But to 
but the single Bruce out is the one that gets beat up. Uh, but Steve McQueen's cool. Right. And Tate's so sexy and awesome. Yeah. That, that seemed to me foolish. Yeah. And it is weird. And it's, it's also too, I don't understand the motivation exactly because when you think of like, you know, in the kill bill movies, he makes use of the, the yellow jumpsuit with the black stripes, you know, and all that stuff. And it's like, you know, every clue that I've seen in the rest of his filmography, you know, is that he loves, you know, Bruce Lee. So I don't know why it turned into making fun of Bruce Lee. Me either. So I, that was part of the reason I think everybody reacted so strongly because we were expecting when we heard he was going to be in there and saw the trailers that it would be some sort of loving tribute to Bruce. Yeah. And in fact, I still was hoping towards the end when he has that fantasy final fight with the um, with the Helter Skelter crew. Oh, right. That, that Bruce Lee would show up. And, <laughs> oh, that would have been awesome. <laughs> wouldn't it? I mean, it's making it up. Why not stick Bruce Lee in the fight with Brad Pitt? He, right, he, just, he was coming by to see Sharon and, you know, saw right. that something was wrong. <laughs> right. I mean, um, so, you know, the I, I read all of his sort of reactions to it. And I think the thing that caught my eye was that he said something like, I thought it would be cool. Uh-huh. And I, I had this sort of gut sense that he that Brad Pitt's character was basically Tarantino's fantasy version of himself. Uh, and in his fantasy, he's somebody who could beat up Bruce Lee. Um, and in the way that any, you know, you imagine you could beat up Mike Tyson or something like that. Uh, and so he, he stuck that in there just thinking it was cool. And he didn't think of, which is odd, but he just didn't think of how people would react to, you know, him making a mockery of the only Asian American heroic figure in Western media. Uh, you know, if there were a lot of them, it would have been different, but there's only Bruce Lee. And so to use Bruce Lee in that way, uh, you know, rub people the wrong way. Yeah. Well, like you say, I mean, he's very sacred to a lot of people and there's all these different factions, you know, who, you know, want to sort of own that version of Bruce Lee in whatever way they do. And so it's, it's a, it's a, uh, you know, perhaps a prickly, more prickly subject than he really thought, like you say, didn't quite think it all the way through to how, how the reactions might be different. Um, let me ask you a question. Like, you know, now, you know, we keep on getting on the, the idea that, you know, since the publication of the book, you've obviously rightly become the person that people turn to when they have questions about Bruce Lee, how much, uh, you know, the, the only, the other person I can think of who is like the public face of Bruce Lee is his daughter, Shannon, who is, you know, you know, the one who's basically is, you know, as I understand it, you know, in charge of his, you know, his ongoing legacy. Um, how much are mm -hmm. you in touch with the, with the Lee family? And, uh, you know, are you at all, you know, uh, you know, coordinating with them on anything or are you guys just, you know, they've been cooperative with your projects, but other than that, you're doing your own thing. Um, no, we're not in contact. Um, I, I think that they were less than totally thrilled with my book because it, uh, as, as you know, had parts of his life that were, you know, less than uh, glorifying. Um, but, uh, uh, I heard through back channels that she was happy that I, we were on the same side with the Tarantino fight. Oh, okay, uh, cool. So I, I think there's a kind of detente. Uh, <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> but it is an interesting thing because, you know, the, Part of what the Bruce Lee estate does is not only, uh, you know, package his image, um, but they kind of control the narrative of who Bruce Lee was. And so if you're writing the biography, you're in a certain way, no matter 
what you do challenging that kind of authority. Um, and so, you know, I try to be very respectful. She's his daughter, right? She has an emotional connection that I could never understand. Uh, and she's also running a business. So, you know, I, I totally understand where she's coming from. And, you know, I think, you know, if we, if we met, we could smile and shake each other's hands, but I'm probably, I'm not on her Christmas list. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's, that's, that's very, that's very uh, thorough. I appreciate that. I mean, it's crystal clear now. <laughs> Yeah, I and mean, not to bring up the Tarantino thing fully again, but I, I guess I just find it like uh, it's about these contexts in the sense, you know, you could be you could also be co- totally accurate and it could still be sort of unseemly like like you could I don't know if you were doing a comedy and it's like Bruce Lee telling, you know, Jewish jokes, you know, what I mean? right. but, but it's like he's actually he's, he, he, he can say that, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like the, uh, you know, I don't know, the Seinfeld, right, where the guy, the dentist is like, I, I, I converted to Judaism for the jokes, you know, yeah, yeah. he doesn't even have to convert, right? Like he's 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 culturally there. So I don't know. I just feel like that's a weird example. I guess this first thing that just crossed my mind. But I suppose it's just interesting that it's like this carousel of circumstance and placement of, of this character in these stories and then what is the context and who you know it would be great if uh, tarantino's film just totally bombed right because then it just wouldn't be like nearly the concern that it is and it'd be like okay you know that's a little goofy but whatever but it it raises the urgency level when you're just like this thing is hitting on all cylinders and people are flocking to see this and the and the one chance where they can get the right idea they're getting the wrong idea (laughs) even though there is this sort of like you know obviously it's a creative piece like do whatever you want i mean you can make mm. you can make him like a a ghost or you can i don't know you can do whatever you want mm. you know i'm it's just it's unfortunate that in in such a high profile thing that 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 happened but at the same time uh, i'm sure it kept you busy for a little while so i suppose that was fun <laughs> um, i'm sure you've got like you're like, oh my god, my talking points. I'm so sick of my talking points. <laughs> which actually kind of, which kind of leads me to my next question, which is like, you know, and this happens in any, um, I think, artistic or creative realm. You know, um, I, I'm quite sure that when Rush recorded Tom Sawyer or whatever in like 1981, they were like, this is a good song. We're happy to lead off with this on our new record. And then they were like, 30 years later, like, oh my god, R.I.P. Neil Neil Peart. But uh, you know, just <laughs> like, do you do you feel like? Um, I don't know. Is it one of those things where you feel because what I'm getting into eventually is sort of like, what do you want to do next? You know, and how does that relate to what what you've been doing? But I guess I just wonder, you know, on one hand, obviously, I'm sure you're very grateful and, uh, you know, for all the and, and, you know, it's earned, you know, success and, and, and all of that. But at the same time, those things can be sort of backwards right now. You're sort of like that guy. It's an honor to be that guy. But it's also like, oh, that's maybe this is putting a ceiling on uh, the perception of the body of my work. So what, how are you factoring any of uh, that in now that you've written your uh, Tom Sawyer? Um, <laughs> boy, that's a double. That's There's a lot of layers to that one. Sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you get my point. So, uh, you know, like what's next? And, you know, because, you know, all these music people, when they have a huge hit single, the next thing they do is feel all this pressure and the labels and the whoever. And then they, they, tense up in the studio and then they want to do something different and just everything, nothing it's hard to repeat that kind of mojo so uh so what are you doing next and and how are you uh how are you going to evaluate yourself critically yeah. unnecessarily in the mirror for you know like how are, how are you going to do this <laughs> yeah no i know exactly what you're saying which is um uh, 
which is, um, I mean, I, one of the things I often think about is that uh, in every artist's career, they have their peak. Um, and unless they die early, they, you know, they, they have the song that, or the album or the movie or the novel um, that everyone goes to. And then they write their other things that aren't as well received. And so you always worry that um, <clears throat> you're first worried it won't work. And then if it does work, you're worried that's the best I'll ever do. Um, so I, that definitely sort of was a concern of mine. It remains one. Um, and uh, the success of the Bruce Lee book has sort of held me in the Bruce Lee world. And so it has been more difficult than in the past to kind of leave that and start the next project. Uh, but what I what I've started working on is uh, slowly, uh, much more slowly than my wife would like, is uh, my next biography. Uh, and so I'm going to step away from the martial arts world and do a biography of George Carlin. Oh, Whoa. amazing. He's, a, he's my favorite comedian of all time. Oh, that's great to hear. Are we yeah, is, this, is, is this breaking? Or can we can we claim that this is the first? That, scoop. That's right. I scoop. broke it's it on your show. Scoop right here. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Holly does Carlin. <laughs> Unbelievable. And so that's going to be. Wow. Yeah, that's what it, it's such a cool. Uh, I mean, honestly, when I think about that, I can see how, you know, the poly treatment that we saw in Bruce Lee would translate so well to Carlin, who. But weirdly enough, I mean, one thing that's that's, you know, striking. I mean, there's so many differences between these two guys right here that you're talking about. But one of the biggest ones is that Carlin lived so long and had such a long, full career. That's right. Yeah. So that's one of the things I'm, I'm like, it's going to be a 3000 page book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is going to be ESPN. We're going to need four hours on this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also maybe comedy channels is better, better fit. <laughs> yeah. Also like when you do your book talks, you're now going to have to, uh, wear black and you are going to have to, um, like sort of in a beatnik kind of, uh, yeah. way, yeah. Uh, you're going to memorize all the book passages and then, yeah. uh, and then spit them out like a riff. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's got to be musical that's now. Right. Uh, but yeah, so that's, that's amazing. And of course we'll, we'll, we'll reserve our 1000 questions on that for, for the next time. Hopefully. Yeah. That's great uh, news, Matthew. But that's, yeah. But my, my only other Thank question you. about what you just, uh, broke here, uh, is, how do you arrive at that choice? Because is it something based on sort of uh, you already have some water flowing in that direction or a particular context or, or contacts, or is it something where you're just like, this is just what I want to do and I'm just not going to stop till it's done. Uh, well, it, it was, it was actually a fairly long process between uh, myself, my editor and the publisher. Um, and I, I, I liken it to, in the old days when you would go with too many friends to try to rent a movie at Blockbuster yeah. <laughs> and you, the more friends you had, the harder it was because somebody didn't like something. Yeah. And so you could never agree. Um, but basically what I was looking for is, um, uh, a subject that I, I'm passionate about and I've always loved comedy. Um, but also I think what worked about Bruce Lee is he was a childhood hero of mine. And so it was written from a place of love. And so I was looking for people who, celebrities in my childhood who really made an impact. And, and Carlin was Carlin along with Pryor were the two sort of uh, people who really made a difference in the world of comedy to me growing up. So I wanted to write about someone I cared about. 
Um, you know, there are authors who, you know, like to take people down, but I really sort of like to find out more about, you know, who your heroes were and, and who they really were behind the scenes as human beings. And so I think that's, for me, that's what connects the two. And of course, they both went through that same sort of late 60s period of the Cultural Revolution in different ways. And so obviously I'm up with that era of time. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's really uh, that's really a fascinating like another next subject for you. Um, but we are getting to the end of of the, our time yep. to record here, so I wanted to really quick make sure that we tell people when will this. If you can tell me, just if if there's not a date yet, you can just give me an estimate. But when will people be able to see the Bruce Lee film on ESPN? Um, it should be the end of like within about six months, six, seven, eight months. It should be coming out. Okay. So 2020, we're going to see this movie in the fall. Without question. Yeah. Oh, that's so exciting. Okay. And, uh, and like for our, um, listeners who aren't actually following you on social media yet, uh, where can they find you at Matthew? So I have a website, um, mattpolly.com, M-A-T-T-P-O-L-L-Y.com. And I'm also big on Twitter at Matthew E. Polly. Uh, and please follow and, and like and tweet and all those all those fun things. But uh, I, I, I love hearing from people who read the book and interacting with everyone. Man, thanks. Thanks so much for the time. Uh, and, and now I'm just uh, there's a whole other wave of excitement now. I'm, I'm like, uh, we're, we're all counting on you, you know, like you're <laughs> no pressure, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Another human I'll, I'll legacy no bearing down upon you. <laughs> That's right. When no one will talk to me, I'll call you guys. I'll be like, can I get on? And you're like, oh, no, dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We read that Carlin thing when you bombed. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> it's like writer. It's like uh, biographer call outs here. Right. Like, and now the next one. Yeah. yeah. No, we really appreciate you coming on. I'm, I'm, I, I'm glad too. I mean, we, we tried to get you on a couple months ago, but I'm glad it took a little time because this is obviously the, we're so many exciting announcements just since we booked the show in terms of the new documentary and now, you know, your upcoming project. So uh, we're, we're really glad that we were here for this big scoop moment. Ladies and gentlemen, you got to come to the, the Art Fight podcast to get this kind of news. And, uh, <laughs> and we thank you very much, Matt. And we'll be in touch with you on Twitter. And uh, yeah, we'll have you on again. You're, you're welcome anytime that you're, uh, that you're interested and available. Thanks, guys. It was a real pleasure. All right. Appreciate it. Talk again soon, buddy. Okay. You take care. Okay, guys, I love the Art Fight podcast, and I listen to every episode even though I am a robot trying to sound like an actual person. I know it takes a lot to keep the podcast going. How can I help? Go to anchor.fm forward slash Art Fight Podcast. Click on the button, the big old button that says support this podcast. And once you get there, you'll have three options. You can just choose the lowest level. You're going to pledge 99 cents a month to, to our production and and help us out again anchor.fm forward slash art fight podcast click on support this podcast all right thanks everyone